Hey everyone, welcome to the Fantasy Writers Toolshed. It's just me today, this time, JM, with a mini episode. And this time I have two special guests with me from Transmundane Press, Alicia and Anthony. Um, and we're going to talk about anthologies. So I'm a particular big fan of anthologies. I've submitted short stories to a bunch of anthologies and have edited one myself. Uh, they are a lot of work. So I thought any budding fantasy writer, this is an important thing you, you might want to know about because it is a, uh, a good venue for you to submit your work to and to get to, you know, get known. So before we, get, we kick things off, I'd like to ask you guys to introduce yourselves. Tony, go first. <laughs> uh, Anthony Espioni. Meow. And where are you from, Anthony? I'm in New Orleans, Louisiana. The beautiful Crescent City. It's very wet right now, but are we still here? What what time is it there, by the way? Uh, morning eight something. Eight fifteen. Eight fifteen a.m. Oh, yeah. and it's ten fourteen p.m. where I'm at over here in Korea. Whoa. Other side of the world. <laughs> Crazy. Technology. And then your partner in crime is Alicia. Alicia Costanzo. I'm here in Oklahoma. Uh, it's not very wet here. It's nice and windy, which is always nice. Um, so tell, tell us about uh, Transmundane. Transmundane. Do you want to know about how we started or? Anything you'd like to share. Um, I know Transmundane for me is this kind of baby that I've had growing in my brain since I want to say 16. Um, and only because when I was 16, 20 years ago, God, I feel old. Um, I was that person who had notebooks and notebooks and notebooks full of information, how to publish my own magazine. I wanted to write for it. I wanted to do the, the photography of the photo major at the time and publish it all. And so I had like, before Google, can you imagine searching the internet for how to publish books and stuff? Um, and I fast forward to 10 years of college and I, do, I met Anthony. We actually met through beta, a beta reading site and we read each other's books and realized that we liked the same style and we were like, hey, let's do something together. And this was way before we decided to actually start a business together. Um, that first one, that first anthology, I think we had 12 submissions and we took 10 of them. <laughs> and then it just kept, every time we put out a, a call, it doubles, it is insane. I can't believe, I think this last time we had like four, three or 400 submissions to go through or something wow. of this sort. And it's just, yeah, I was taking crazy, pictures of the stats with the rulers uh, for a minute there. The last one I couldn't, it, it was redundant. The ruler didn't work anymore. <laughs> so uh, side note for a tangent for my interest, was there any like real genuine slush in that slush pile or was it all pretty decent? <laughs> Funny thing is, is we have this one person who sends us a submission every single anthology and we've never taken it. Uh, it's just bad. <laughs> the same story? No, just the same author. Oh, okay. Something new each time. And I think the first time we tried editing it and we sent it to him and instead of doing the edits, there was comments on each edit. This is why I did that. I'm like, I, I don't care why you did it. I want yeah. you to change it. <laughs> so in a, pre in a previous, previous episode of the podcast, we talked about working with like editors and cover artists and, mm -hmm. and the whole idea of when you're working with an expert, 
in something that you're not an expert in, you probably should take the expert's advice. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're usually right. Yeah. Uh, they're usually right. Even if it hurts, it's, it's you know, that, that mostly you, you have good intention for trying to, you know, bring out what works of the story and, and, and polish. Well, we, we're, we're leaning. We, we want to, you know, hear what you have to say. But when something's not working, I'm, 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 we're voracious readers. I know I am. And when I'm reading something and it's just not gelling, I, I'm gonna tell you. And I, I don't, I'm not trying to knock you down or push you down. I, I want to, I want you to bring it up. Quite the opposite, but that's one, tough sometimes. One of the reasons that I encourage uh, new authors to write short stories and submit short stories is I've learned a lot working with editors and getting that kind of feedback back from editors who have read hundreds and hundreds of stories and knows what works and what doesn't. And when I get a comment back that says this is this doesn't work or this isn't right or this needs to be changed like they you know, you know better than me because you read this stuff more than i do i think i gained most of that from my mfa program i had a vicious teacher who would comment on everything and it just became the way you do it yeah and i've known a lot of other mfa uh graduates who've told me i've never had somebody hit my stuff as hard i'm like I guess I was lucky enough to have that kind of mentorship to be able to pass that on, but it was ruthless in there. You know, in a college setting, it's like sharks in the water. They come after you, they smell blood and ate, you know, and they get you. And it's, at first it's, you know, you're destroyed, but you, you toughen, you toughen up, your skin gets tough. And that's, that's what it takes. Cause when I saw someone on Facebook was like, your mother lied to you. <laughs> you know, you're not, you're, you're not that good. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how many, at this point, how many, how many books have you released and how many anthologies have you done under Transmond Day? I know books total, this will be number 20. Anthology wise, what does that make that? I think we're at seven or eight anthologies. Somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. Yeah. So what do you guys, what do you publish other than anthologies? Um, both of our books. I know Anthony's got a couple books and some story collections. I've got a couple series going. We've also published a few other authors, um, RJ, uh, Ryan Summers and, oh my Alex. God, why can't I remember Ellie's last name though? So you do, yeah, anthology, you do anthologies and you pick up the occasional novel or the occasional series. Is, yes. it, is it all, uh, what's the scope of the genre that you cover? Horror, sci-fi, fantasy, really. Some romance. Um, underwater was particularly erotic for some reason, and I'm not sure why. <laughs> Something about water. I think is where we posted the calls and who happened to like attach to them while we were trying to figure out marketing and how to get authors to send us stuff, because that was our second anthology. Um, but it was extremely erotic. <laughs> Before we kind of get, get into the nitty-gritty talking about anthologies is there anything else uh you guys would like to say or uh any news that from your uh your press that you'd like to put out yeah on time we're just putting the final touches on time well i of course i know the answer to this but for the the listeners benefit what is on time on time is our next end it's the next anthology it's a collection of stories with time as the focus so a lot of it's, time it's, travel a lot of playing with the fluidity of time and some of them aren't like that like sci-fi or on the nose type of things it's just like these small little instances of 
like pockets of time and how they influence character, which is a really interesting how I think we have, we have more than 70, I don't know the exact number, we have more than 70 authors and 70 stories and they're all so vastly different, but they all hit that same note and it's just, it's really interesting to see how they all took it differently. Yeah. I know mine's not like particularly time oriented other than a countdown, so I don't know. And folks who follow me should know at this point that I have a story in the anthology, which is how we all met. Yes. Uh, to plug you a little bit, um, Anthony and I were talking about stories that stuck with us long after we'd read the whole thing. And yours is actually one of the ones that has stuck with me the most. I keep going back to that one because I just loved the progression of the backwards in your story. And I, I guess minor spoiler, that gun bit. That, and I know I noted it in the edits, but that was the part that just like the feel of a gun in your hand and that comp the, oh, what's the word for that? Ramifications of your actions. And I just, yeah. that stuck with me so much. One of my favorite in the anthology, so. That's a good teaser. <laughs> there you go, right, so. from, right from the editor. Get the book, read the story. Heck yeah. Tough too. She's tough too. So high praise. So speaking of anthologies, one of the big questions I had for you was, um, what's the appeal of anthologies? Why do you, what, how did you fall into anthologies? Why do you do anthologies? What's, what is it about anthologies that you like? I think it brings a lot of people together. Uh, I think it's, uh, I think it's, you know, building that community, it, it pulls just different parts of the world together, like pieces of a quilt. Because because there's many authors contributing. Yeah, yeah. You can you know I. How did we meet through an anthology? Kind of cool, huh? We're we Alicia and I. I was I was putting together an anthology, and we were, you know, just pulls people together. It's kind of neat. That's how we realized we had similar styles and tastes and editing, and we've learned a lot from each other alone just working together with other people and trying to edit together which is interesting but it is it's totally about the people I know originally when we started this it was like um kind of wanting to mentor authors who maybe didn't have as much practice in the industry and that type of thing or with writing and didn't get feedback like we were talking about earlier that you know that really hard hammering feedback that some uh, editors give and I can't tell you how many times I've had authors come back to me and say I've never had an editor hit my story so hard. Thank you for that. It actually made it better. And that's like probably the icing on the cake when you do an anthology is having someone say thank you for all of your hard work, which of course also thank you to you guys for all of your hard work and dealing with us and how fussy we are. Um, I think my favorite beyond that is getting to know the authors. As you know, we do a marketing campaign with guest blog posts and interviews and that type of thing. And it tells us so much more about you guys than just your story does and it lets us know about your process and creativity and you as a person and that's probably my favorite part is learning about you guys through this process and getting this community together especially on facebook i know anthony's been up on that a whole lot trying to get everybody to talk with each other and have a community especially now when we need it uh people to talk to because creativity is kind of stunted um but that's definitely definitely my favorite part is let me let me jump in people. real quick and, yeah. and say that I, I really enjoyed those extras that you did with the authors, and that's something that I, that's something that other anthologies, 
publishers that I've worked with haven't done. So just to kind of explain that, um, one thing that the transmundane editors did was they asked all the authors that were accepted in the anthology to submit additional pieces of writing, whether that be an interview, an author interview, or um, some sort of like um, an article or a, a flash fiction piece, and then they posted it on their on their website. And it's a very lovely website, actually, too. So um, it gives it gives the, each of the authors that chance to. Um, advertise themselves to another an extra platform for them to get noticed and then it's, it's just a very nice uh well-designed website for like i submitted i gave you guys a flash fiction piece that i had wanted to publish somewhere and it just it seemed that would be a very nice lovely place to place it um so that's a great opportunity that you guys offer that a lot of the other like um, it's very unique to you and i think it was it was wonderful to do that to go through that process thank you Oh, it's my favorite part, honestly. Besides actually putting the book out, that's yeah. very rewarding <laughs> and relieving. So, did you guys um, read anthologies be before getting into making them? Did you read a lot of anthologies, or did you submit to anthologies and get published anthologies? Is that how you kind of came to know about them, or? Where did the where did the idea come from? Where did where did your relationship with anthologies come from? Short story horror collections. Growing up in the eighties, yeah. uh, I I went nuts over them. If you can get in and out of a world in a couple of pages and convince me, you know that the world is real. That's I mean you can take all the time you want in a book that's huge. You do it in a, you know in under five thousand words. You do it in under two thousand words, and I'm I'm convinced. That's that's a skill. That's a skill. I actually think Anthony got me into wanting to edit anthologies. I have experience, like, obviously in school, uh, doing a creative writing degree. We had to read a lot of short stories and anthologies and that type of thing. But I was never really a short, I, I couldn't shorten my work most of the time from novel length because of too many ideas. And actually editing anthologies has helped me learn how to write short stories better. So I think that's an interesting appeal too. But the, the ability to like snapshot something and I always reference Margaret Atwood probably the most influential one that I had growing as a writer was reading one of her anthologies and being stuck at the end not knowing what happened to a character and just having to be left with that and never knowing that kind of power you can only do with a short story because you can't invest all that time in the novel and then be left hanging not knowing what happens in that kind of way you can only do that in something short and that's really appealing for anthology sake, especially when you get a lot of those kinds of stories together in one place, it makes it very powerful. Yeah, I think that when you, when you master the short story, you can take that to larger works. And, and, and uh, when you have a chapter, you know, a book with a huge book with a lot of chapters, if you treat every chapter like its own little short story, that it, you're boiling down language to its essence. You're, 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 you're commanding what you have to say in this little, as less wasted space as possible. You can say a lot more with less. So I've mentioned many times in this podcast that I think new authors should read and write short stories. It's a, a very good tool for, for you to learn how to be efficient and to do more with less and to master your craft. My, my writing philosophy is efficiency is everything. Like most, most problems can be answered through efficiency, 
cutting words that you don't need, finding different ways to phrase things, things like that. Um, and short stories really help you master that. And then it also helps you build your, your author brand as well. Is there anything else you want to say on that topic before we move on? I do think I like the, not just having um, all of that tension in all the different stories, but having so many different voices is also really interesting. And I know we talked a little bit about getting to know the authors, but being able to see how people can create a, a reaction in somebody in so many different ways is also appealing and, and the interesting part of putting stories together, uh, especially when you have 70 plus and you're trying to figure out how they all piece together. I can't tell you how many hours it took me with these little pieces of paper, moving them around and moving them around and moving them around. And even then, and they had to come back like, this one might not go there and this one might, because you try to tell a story within a, a whole bunch of stories and have an arc to it. And it's just, I don't know. I just love the whole process of putting things together. I'm such a nerd. So, you, so um, you're, talking, you're talking actually about ordering the stories within the book and structuring the entire book and having a plan for that as well. That's something I actually yeah. haven't really thought of a lot. <laughs> I didn't think a lot about it in the first few because we had so few stories. But being able to say why you have a story in the place that it does is very gratifying. And knowing that I'm not just putting you last because I don't like you. <laughs> I'm putting <laughs> you there because that's where the story ends as the whole culmination of everything leads to. And also not having voices that clash with each other too close together as well or stories that clash or are too similar and all those other things have to think about those uh, because we have so many different voices and stories and places and themes that again, the nerd in me just really loves no, trying to mingle them all together in the right way. Not that there is a right way, but the best way that it's possible. I'm a musician and a DJ. And when you're mixing records, you're trying to take different songs from artists who have never, ever, ever met and get it to flow in one constant pulse. And when you're a little off, everyone can hear it. It's the same thing when you're like putting the stories together. If something doesn't, if it, if it when you when you make a mistake DJing, it's a train wreck. You can, that's what they call it. It happens too with the stories. It's not that they're bad; they just don't quite butt up next to each other right. And layering them in a way that it's a constant flow is is it's tricky. It's tricky. Huh? That's an interesting problem. Yeah, I'll probably have to think about that more carefully next time I throw an anthology together. It's not something people think about because most readers will jump through different stories, but there are some readers who do read from front to back. So yeah. keeping them both in mind is the hard part, I guess. And most of us don't really worry about that because I know I'm, I'm not a front to back reader in anthologies either. I jump around to people I know or what sounds interesting at the time. So I, I generally go to the table of contents and I look for J.M. Williams and then I go to that page. <laughs> I'm front to back. I'm a front to back guy. I just tear through, you know. T take me away, you know. So one last question, and this is probably the most important question, is um, what advice do you have for authors su submitting their work to anthologies? And um, this can you can take this any way you want, but I know I've advocated on this podcast many times that that these writers should be writing short stories and submitting short stories. So what is your advice to them? How, how can they do it better and in, improve their chances of getting selected? Pay attention to the submission guidelines. 
if 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 it's not formatted right, if you if you if it's not if I open up the file and I can't pay attention to the submission guidelines, they're there for a reason. It makes our work so much easier. We don't have to go back and 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 pick put it in a position in a, in a way that we have to fix it before we can read it. If the easier it is for me to read, the more likely I'm gonna get into it. Just saying. Definitely, and especially when um, publishers get more and more and more stories like we have been, don't give them a reason to step away from your story. And that is one of the major reasons that an editor will just move on because if you can't follow those directions, what does that say about you during the editing process? Are you going to be open to listening to feedback if you can't follow the original directions? So that's one of those cues for a lot of editors. Um, but in, in another sense too, it's that it's always that first page that you have to worry about to get the editor passed. If you don't grab me on the first page, I'm not likely gonna keep reading and therefore not going to accept your story. So if you can catch me with something, some kind of element, you don't have to have everything on the first page, but if you can give me some kind of intrigue an interesting idea, a character with a nice voice or an action in that first page, that's gonna keep me wanting to know what else is going to happen even if your writing's not perfect like your writing doesn't have to be perfect for me if i can see something in it for me to want to get my hands in there <laughs> that's gonna help you out in getting your story accepted too but it has to have that kernel there i can't create that for you so that has to be there already i hope I, I that think, made sense <laughs> makes total sense yeah I, I think that you also should know who you're submitting to i think just blindly oh here's a submission that's open i'm going to put my story pay attention to what they're publishing make sure that it's, it's what you want to be included in because it's not just always a free-for-all if you get a sense of like what they're doing before that will help you hear your story if you've got like one story and you're just submitting to like 10 open cattle calls and praying to whoever whatever that, that one of them will take it that's you know find your niche and find like hey, these, these these cats are i'm into what they're doing why, why alicia and i click so well is we were writing like kind of in a similar niche and, and we were we were going for that terse, concise language, and we were doing things in step that, that you know, in tandem that, that just seemed like, hey, you see what I see in, in writing. So just, you know, if you, like, I would never submit one of my stories to, like, uh, like randomly. I want to know what they're, I want to know what they're doing first before I just say, here's my story. I hope you like it. You know? And speaking of, of knowing what the publisher wants, going back to submission guidelines, things like, hard sells and, and um, stated prohibitions, right? Um, every, every publisher, every anthology is different, but there's some publishers that will state, you know, straight out on their submission guidelines, no profanity, you know, no graphic sexuality, no graphic violence, or, or if it's fan a lot of fantasy publishers might have a hard sell list of like, twinkly vampires are a hard sell. You know, hard sell doesn't necessarily mean it's off limits. It just means that you've got to do it really, really good or we're going to reject you. Do you guys have, have any things that are hard sell for you, whether stated or unstated? I think in our guidelines, we have no pedophilia, uh, yeah, no pedophilia, um, no rape scenes unless it's crucial to the actual storyline. I have published a few of them before that were like, they weren't graphic. They were just needed for the story not there just to be there um 
I think those are the, and no bestiality, I think was the other one, other than shapeshifters, like that, it's a fine line <laughs> there. Marisa, okay. uh, but I know those are the three I usually put on there. So. I, I'm, I'm open to everything. You know, um, you put it in front of me to fix it on my desk, I'm gonna read it. Like I'll, I'll finish it even if I don't like it, but you're gonna cost me a lot of ink because I'm writing on your paper. I print everything out and it's gonna, it takes me time, it takes me time, I'm slow, but I'm writing it on your paper and I mean, you might not like all the red ink, so send us something clean, please. Make sure you've read it and edit it. Don't just write it and send it. Please, please. Read it out loud to yourself. Yes. Have someone else read it to you. Yeah, um, I always, yeah, a good point of advice is to get at least one other person to read your story before you send it somewhere. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a writer or an editor, um, even, a, even just a, you know, regular person who, who reads fiction can notice plot holes and character inconsistencies and, and flat characters and, and um, generic plots and things like that that are going to make or break your story, I think. It's funny, I actually read my stuff to my mom who's dyslexic, <laughs> so she, like, she's not a reader. So I read it over the phone to her, uh, one, so that I can hear it out loud. But she notices things that she goes, didn't that repeat or that doesn't make sense, and especially a non-reader going, I don't know what's happening here, makes me go, okay, I should probably explain that better. So it's a really interesting to have non-readers read your stuff or read to somebody. I just found actually a trick that you can make your Kindle app uh, read out loud to you. So if you put your story in an EPUB format and put it on your Kindle, you can make it read it out loud to you so you can catch those things too, which is a new fun trick that I found. And I'm excited to use. Yeah, writing and music, they're, they're, it's, it's all connected. It's so similar. It's, it's a flow. It's, it's, it's got a, it's got a, it's got a gel. You can, you can hear those glitches. You can hear, so getting it out loud is definitely, it's, 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 it's a good strategy. What do you guys think about cover letters? Mm -hmm. I've had a few good ones. Most of them are pretty generic though. Do you know, um, that's what I mean. Do you prefer generic or, or do, you, I, do you want a, a, co a complicated bio and, and publishing credits and stuff? No, no. I, I, the, the, sometimes too much is too much, you know. Uh, less is more. I, I, you know, just follow the guidelines. When the cover level, of, uh, cover letter, uh, sometimes I've seen real clever ones that have stuck with me. They were better than the stories. But on that cover letter alone, it's like, all right, all right, there's something here. You know how to write. Let's, let's keep, come on. What you got? What you got? Short and sweet and professional usually is, is a pretty good way to do that. Uh, it's really hard to sell yourself to somebody you don't know. I think in a short space like that, I know I hate writing cover letters personally. So, but if you have that voice and you're able to communicate in a, in a small little snippet that shows your voice in the cover letter, then I would say absolutely do that. I think we had one who was, uh, he called us the, the most beautiful, gracious editors in the world or something <laughs> silly like that. Like his whole cover letter was like that. Yeah. It was a very kind of copy and complimentary. Actually, I do think we accepted his because his story <laughs> was similarly voiced. Yeah. Like it, it didn't just- It, it was just in just character. Yes, and he yeah. was able to transport yeah. uh, that into his story as well. So, so it can lead us to that, but sometimes they don't match. So, so. what do you think? So my philosophy on co cover letters is hey, m the requirements of a cover letter. My name 
and my pen name, the name of my story, the word count, an assertion that it is an original work, <laughs> and and the publication status, whether it's unpublished or it's a reprint. That's what I hit in all my in all my cover. You know, that's my basic cover letter. I hit those items because they're like required items, and then I probably don't include a bio or anything like that unless it's asked for. Does that seem like think, a good format? Yeah. Yeah. I think we ask for bios and links just because sometimes we're on fence with a story, and so we want to see when can you create a professional bio, which is important for the end of the book and for marketing purposes, but also uh, the links show us how important I guess it is to you. Do you have a website? Do you have something to communicate with readers on because that's important for selling and marketing anthologies to begin with. And a, a publisher wants to know that you're going to put the work into in that regard. So sometimes having those things is also helpful in a cover letter. Yeah, marketing. If, if, if I'm, I'm looking at your, I'm, peep, I'm creeping on you. If you send me something, I'm looking at your page. If you're like not marketing the projects you're in and stuff, I, I'm, I'm kind of like, well, I don't know if this person's serious about this. They're just trying to get their name in a book. But if it looks like you're into it and you're sharing and you're, and that's like I've been trying to encourage everybody, tagging and sharing. I'm working with this person and that person. And we're having a blast. That goes a long way. That goes a long way with me and my decision making. If I can see that you're able to use technology and able to sh share and, and, you know, that, that's, that's loud to me. That's how we, you know, again, it's community and, and we're, you know, we're working together. So build each other up, cats. I think, yeah, I think that's one, that might be one thing that a lot of new authors don't understand is just the nature of the business these days is it's, it's a team effort. And if, you know, and things like anthologies, like it's, it's going to be a much better project if all the authors are, are working together, pushing, you know, and then any, any author that wants to, to get anywhere really needs to have some sort of social media presence today. Like you can't really, you can't do the, uh, the George R. R. Martin thing and just hide in a house for 10 years writing a book. Um, that's even agents, like when you submit your book to agents, it could be an awesome, awesome book. But if you don't have any sort of presence or you're not trying to get it, like they're probably not going to take, take your book because they rely on you to, for, for sales and stuff these days. It's just how it works. Yeah. It's all on the author's plate. The publishers don't do the market. As you said, we're one of the few that actually help market our authors. But most of them just, if you don't do it and it's a flop, it's your fault. They give you the platform. But other than that, it is up to you to sell your book and to sell your name and those things. And the more people you have, as you said, doing it, working together, you're touching on all of everybody's audiences and hopefully getting some conversion from other people who are also in the anthology to follow you as well afterwards which is also one of the reasons why even after we publish, we're like, hey, do you guys have anything else? We're willing to promote you, promote each other because you can't, you really can't do it by yourself, unfortunately, either. It's really hard as a lone person to try to market something. So the more you practice at it, the more you tag people, which I'm terrible at. Um, I'm terrible at posting on social media in general, but uh, the more you do that, the better everyone is in the end. So it definitely, the effort's worth it. I think you should also kind of watch what you're saying on social media. That doesn't go away. If, if I scroll back down and I see you like, you know, just like, who knows, maybe you were drunk and you were just like in a, like a whirlwind kind of nightmare. It's, you know, it's, that's loud too. So watch those, watch those posts. Don't, don't blaze everybody. I mean, but you know, right. you're right. everybody should have a pen name. <laughs> Keep your life separate. <laughs> um, 
uh, any any last bits of advice on short story anthologies or publishing in general? Yeah, don't stop. Don't stop. You got to keep at it. There's so many like walls and pitfalls and mistakes, and you're gonna make mistakes. I've, I've made most. I, I got a checklist. And I, I, I might have not checked one or two of them, but I'm, I'm I'm pretty close. I'm gonna make those sooner or later. You're gonna make the mistakes. It's okay. It's okay to make those mistakes. Just keep on. When you give up, that's that's the ultimate mistake. That's the big don't, give. Don't get discouraged by a no, because you're gonna get a lot of them. It's just part of the industry. You're gonna get a lot of no's, so don't be discouraged by that keep submitting to people. Even if we say no, submit to us again. I don't know how many times I've had authors submit to us that we said no to the first time and the second time or third time around we said yes. So it's just sometimes the story's not right. So just keep going. I think I stopped counting at like 250 rejections for short for short stories. So are you, you saving the rejections? I, I used to I used to have a, tr a tracker, an Excel tracker that kept count of everything. And yeah. At some point, it's just like, eh, they happen. But mm -hmm. it, it does make you, I mean, it does make you, uh, it, it, it thickens your skin and you get used to it after a while and it doesn't, it just doesn't matter. And, and then those, those times that you break, break through and get an acceptance, it's like, just makes it all the more worth it. But it's hard the first few. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You get the first time it. I found myself in like a newspaper, they, they crucified my story, and probably rightly so, but I was... God, I was like, look, I'm in print. They, they noticed me. Good and bad. Good and bad. Mom told me I was an amazing writer. What do you guys know? <laughs> We're all specialists. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> thank you guys for all that great advice. Um, the upcoming book is On Time, which is uh, the anthology that has my short, my short story, uh, Time to Set Things Right, in it. Um, when is that coming out? At the 30th, September 30th, it will be live on Amazon at the very least. So. And you're doing yes. a print and ebook? Print and ebook. And we also have a special edition hardback that's still on sale on our website too that people can get a hold of. Ooh, we did a Kickstarter for it that was successfully funded. Uh, the extra bits like the pendulum and stuff won't be in the hard box that's now selling, but you can still get the hard uh, the hardback book, the sticker, the bookmark, and I think there was something else in there that I can't remember offhand. That's terrible. But oh, and the digital print we are sending out with it too. So, do you have any other projects in the works? Any calls for submissions coming up anytime soon, or is this usually break time? I know I need a break, but I do know that we were thinking about, because we have the elemental anthologies, we have um, the underwater, on fire, and in the air. The next one, of course, is Earth, so we're going to be doing that at some point. Um, that call should be out, I want to say, within the next year. I, again, do need a break, but uh, yeah, that should be coming soon. I might have to send you something. Please do. Um, any any. This is this is your last moment to plug anything else you want to plug. Yeah, keep the underground alive and pay attention to all of our pages. We, uh, you know, the uh, if you if pay attention, I mean, pay attention. I think that's you'll see. But I'm sworn to secrecy, and you know, if I talk, then <laughs> then you know, yeah, it's bad. But but you'll see. Pay attention. What, like, um, what is watching the, the skies? What is the uh, the website? for folks to follow you and or buy product direct from you? Transmundanepress.com. We're on Facebook, mostly, Twitter, 
and we have the blog, which is Transmundane Press blog, that wordpress.com. Yeah, that's where all of you guys are, have all of your posts coming up. Yeah, so. it's a very lovely blog too. Thank you. So I think- Share, uh, share those posts, tag everybody. Yep. So I think I'm gonna wrap it up. Uh, thank you guys for, for coming and doing this interview. Uh, I think it was very enlightening, even for me. <laughs> I've learned some stuff here about, about anthologies that I didn't know about. Um, so thank you for your time. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Now. <laughs> Richie and I will be back in a couple of weeks with a full length episode. But until then, see you next time.